I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lunch on Rouge Cycling Podcast. A New Year's present for you if they exist, the Yumbo Visma team preview. We've been holding some of the biggest ones back for last before TDU. I even think Hessing's already out here for TDU. Here with Benji, he's looking very dapper. I'm looking very tired, but we're making it work like the old times. But as always, this show is brought to you by Zwift, the Zwift Hub in particular, available in North America, the UK, and Europe. The best value for money trainer on the market. That's the facts if you look it up. On any independent reviews for the price, $499 to get you going, get the cassette you need, got the setup guide, and there's plenty of Zwift New Year's events to help you with any New Year's resolutions you have, some fitness goals. Zwift has you covered in January, so it's one of the best times to jump in on Zwift. And yeah, it makes you... They should definitely keep on top of them because if it's raining, you just get, can get that extra 30 minutes in. But conversely, once you get sort of in the rhythm of it, you start doing longer and longer rides indoors and the bank for puck is really good. No traffic lights, etc. So go check out Swift Hub through the link down below and maybe hop on Swift. Okay, Yumbo Visma Benji. Just as a reminder to everybody, uh, we mentioned it at length and discussed this at length on the Q&A that we posted a couple of podcasts ago. That's timestamped on YouTube as well. This year, Benji and I did some consultancy work for Yumbo Visma and uh, with video analysis, things like that. And next year, I'll still be working for Yumbo Visma, uh, largely doing the same thing, not affecting the podcast in terms of objectivity, etc. cetera. Uh, and Benji will be, you'll be focusing on your own content, right, Benji? Yes, correct. That's my focus for the next year. Focusing on LRCP as well and trying to get that a bit forward. But we just wanted to get that out of the way and make sure that's clear to everybody before we jump into the Yumbo Visma podcast there. Well, yeah, it's not going to do a disclaimer like that before like every preview, but it seems particularly <laughs> relevant before the Yumbo Visma preview to just mention that. And also to mention that, you know, these are our opinions on things like Roglic going to the Giro, you know. Pretty one of the biggest news, the biggest news of the off season, even just announced at the Yumbo Visma team presentation. But their season in review, dominant in the classics, the early classics, but then didn't bring a monument home at San Remo. And then RVV, who had COVID, Laporte crashed, Roubaix, they were missed out a little bit in the Ineos move, and then wheels broken, so they didn't win, win a monument. Well, was strong, but came second. I think San Remo is actually the one where the tactics or it went wrong a bit more out of the first three monuments, Benji. RVV and Roubaix are, I don't know, like your wheels collapse on Arenberg. What can you do, really? (laughs) 
Yeah, when it comes to RVV, I don't think they can do much about Wout getting COVID in advance to that, and especially the Laporte crash as well. Whether it's a mistake of the rider or not, you don't know, but crashes happen. So you can't really count on Benoit suddenly winning RVV, in my opinion. So the best leaders were out for them, and that's how their race was lost through Bay. Like you said, it those wheels collapsing, like it might be an equipment thing, but in the race itself, there's not much you can do from that except for Wout coming back eventually and still fighting for it. And sure, he did, doesn't win anymore. Was it because the wheels collapsed? Was it because he responded to the wrong attack later on? You never know, but every bit of energy helps, you know? But when it comes to Milano Sanremo, I agree there. And it's difficult there eh? because our thought process at the time in our recap of MSR was that Yumbo should have had two riders at the top of the Pajo. Because in that way, you can make sure that you either roll attacks on the group that you're with or you can have uh, a rider close down gaps so that Wout can sprint at the end. But with Peterson in that group, I'm not sure I would have wanted to see a Wout Finard versus Peterson sprint if I was on Wout Finard's side at that point in the race. But when it comes to those um, those three monuments, I would say that's not really their fault. When it comes to LBL, do you blame Jumbo Visma there? Because on paper, they don't respond to Remco Evenepoel and Laredut. Despite the fact that everyone should have known that Remco would have tried on La Redoute, right? We said it in January. Yeah, I mean, Ineos, same same boat. I think the biggest problem for them at the moment is they've got riders capable of leading a Grand, a grand Tour and a monument across three monuments, five, uh, five monuments, three Grand Tours. Lombardia, in theory, like well, Roglic can compete at Lombardia. He can. Yep. Um, he competed LBL. He's won LBL. Wout Van Aert can do some one weeks and he can lead Milan San Remo, RVV and Roubaix. The problem is it's they can't lead all those. The season scheduling doesn't work. And so we're going to see it again this season, I think, where their Ardennes team is not as good as the Cobble Classics and maybe the Italian classics too. I mean, Rolich has been really good. He won Torino. He's won Giro dell'Emilia in recently. I'm not saying they just sent nobody to the Italian classics like some teams, but maybe this year he does the Vuelta again and with the Giro Vuelta doesn't do Lombardia and Jonas, you know, he wasn't in top shape at Lombardia. So they're missing something in the Ardennes, I think. They... Because Wout did LBL, mm-hmm. and I think he was okay. He might not have been in top shape, but even in top shape, it's a tough race for him too. I don't know. I think I think they are missing someone in the Ardennes who can do Montreal and Quebec. Because at the moment, unlike Ineos and UAE, although UAE do rely on Pog a lot, they are very heavily concentrated on these three riders to achieve results i agree and i think it's also somewhat logical in a sense because you know that roglic and Vingegaard will focus on those grand tours while of an art is much more intrigued by those classics that the hill classics are kind of left to the side just in case a rider wants to use it as preparation for a grand tour or whether they just want to have a go at it or next to that whether wout he failed to really show himself in the classics because of the covid and so forth and then we had 
LBL in previous years where it was also in a different place in the calendar, right? Because we had the COVID year where Roglic won it. It yeah. wasn't like uh, some crazy moment know. in the year. I don't even know where it was. Generally, <laughs> I, I, that calendar was crazy. But yeah. in hindsight, I agree that the Hill Classics are maybe a part where they're not top-notch in that sense, but also in the factor that what if you just have a better team as support to chase down the Remco? Of course, it's difficult, eh? Chasing down an Emko is not easy to say. Can Trotnik become a role where he can be the chasing man at that point in the race? Is that even good enough? That's has the question. Has Remco ever been caught when he's solo? Serious question. I think he has in a Belgian national championships at some point and in some Belgian races at some point. Right. I reckon... You say, I like Trotnik. Great signing. Fantastic, Mate. versatile rider. Olympics. Trotnik caught oh. him, right? In the, when he did that oh, did small move before oh, Nikuni yeah. with Nibali. <laughs> yeah, I think when he's been on his own for like five minutes, it becomes increasingly difficult to bring him back. I think you got to close him down pretty quickly because yeah. his five-minute power is not the, you know, not as good as maybe his 20-minute is. How good is he on the flight? Anyway, this is not the Remco podcast. But my point is, I think the, I think the Ardennes is the one where you can be like, well, yeah, the team construction just doesn't allow you to send top riders in peak shape to them because yeah wow he's a top rider but it's tough to expect him to be in peak shape at lbl i don't even think he is supposed to be doing it this year anyway and roglic doing giro so we'll, we'll get to that so yeah i'll make it back to that point later in stage races uh they were good in the in Paranese, dauphine and at zulia where Jonas and vingegaard were present it's kind of the same story and they were dominant in those races like Paranese and dauphine are two of the most important uh, tune-up stage races, not tune-up stage races, prestigious one weeks. In Itzula, they did have issues, though, because Roglic had his knee issue. I swear there was like stage two where we were talking yeah. on a podcast about him touching his knee a lot, and then the next day it found out that he had an injury, which, shocker, and battleship he basically Jonas only won... in that race. What, sorry? The chopper. The battleship Jonas, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he chopped Vlazov and Izagiri in the final stage, and Rati as well. Anyway, he only came ninth in that race. So it does show that Jonas getting second in Tireno, ninth in Itzulia, he does get close in Dauphiné again and was honestly the strongest climber in the Dauphiné. Let's be honest about it. He was stronger than Roglic there on Plateau de Solizon, despite it not really being shown on that climb. Although it was shown. Eh? Roglic was yeah, basically... Yeah. Vingo had to wait. But he's not the dominating rider across the year that a Tadej Pogacar is, right? I don't think so, but that's also not the worst thing in the world. Like, Pogacar is, like we keep saying it, like the crazy talent because he can perform February to October. And that's unusual. Like, Froome never was like that. Um, Most GC riders aren't like that. And Jonas... excuse me, his climbing peaks are higher than Pagasha has ever achieved, like on Altacam or Grenoble. Um, but yeah, he doesn't seem able to stay like, like as I said, Pagasha can do 6.5 for 20 any time of the year, any day, any weather, any difficulty of race can do it. Um, and that's why he's so consistent and so so good in the early stage races. But yeah, I don't think... I think what you what you said is true, though. It's not like Jonas just comes 10th in Seti Mana and then turns up at the Tour and wins it. Like, he was 
performing in World Tour one weeks and the hardest ones too at a, at a decent level and then on Solaison at an extremely high level. Um, so Giro, Dumoulin went, oh, they also won the Tour de France. That was good with like six stages. Um, I'm sure that they were very happy with that. That was pretty, i got to say, yeah, that was one of the most dominant Tour de France performances we've seen in a while um, and we tough to rep to replicate also is a for future discussions about teams to various grand tours particularly Olaf Koy it does show that if you can balance Wout and Jonas at the tour or Wout and Jonas and Roglic at the tour then can we balance Olaf Koy with someone at the at the Vuelta that's another <laughs> another topic that we want to get into but yeah won the Tour de France 48 wins 24 world tour level nine grand tour stages uh, I think 10 grand tour stages maybe it was, yeah, a, a well above average year with the big goal achieved, World, uh, Tour de France, World Championships TT achieved with <laughs> a rider not expected with Foss, which is also down to the team, um, and <laughs> just missing the monument, which you, you can't win everything, but I'm sure that will be a big goal uh, next year. Any last thoughts on their season, Benji, which, yeah, was pretty, very, very good. Very, very good. But the big three the big three became three of the top five riders in the world, I think, which helps. hundred percent. But I do think there's still parts that they want to improve in the future. You said it. Tour de France is the big thing. Dominant performance, something we haven't seen in years, if not more than a decade, that it was this dominant from one team. But Giro, Dumoulin Foss, nowhere in GC. They did have those stagions at Bauman and so forth and Malia Azura, but Vuelta, Roglic crashes out. He's nowhere in the end. So it's so one Grand Tour focus this year for them, but it is the most important Grand Tour. And that will go into the discussion for 2023 as well a bit later because there's a bit of a, a shake-up there. Now when it comes to monuments, zero monuments is not good. And we said about RVV and Roubaix already, we said about MSR tactics-wise, it didn't work out. In Lombardia, they just didn't have a good Vingo there. And yeah, LBL, they got close. Jumbo Visma should be winning monuments with the team Definitely they have. should be the goal. Yeah, with Wapanat, he should be wanting to win a monument every year. Um, but here's the team changes. Dumoulin retired mid-year. Um, that'll be a big chunk of salary off the books, one would assume, um, and opens up. Like he was signed to be another GC leader. So it seems that the team, when they were trying to const construct it, they didn't just want two GC guys because why would you have Rolich Vingard and Dumoulin? Maybe Dumoulin was signed before Vingard uh, broke us. out, though. Yeah. So but they were supposed to have three GC guys. Dumoulin wasn't that guy. Turnison's gone for his own opportunities at Intermarche. That makes complete sense for both parties. Harper actually, I think, is. Harper was really good in the Dauphiné and the Vuelta. And for a guy on probably not much money, actually, yeah, I know he had some issues in the last two years uh, with injury, I think. But, yeah, he was really good. And Korn out, again, similar to Turnison, same with Decker, although Decker didn't really perform. So I don't think they're going to – it's not like Quinton Herman's leaving Benji after coming second in LBL. I think they can all replace these guys. And they've clearly – they've – opened up the checkbook for someone who came 
in the, on the podium in the Giro and fifth in the Tour, Kelderman, Dutch rider, Van Bala, who just won Paris-Bay. Tratnik is the one that I think is surprised me, but is a very good signing. Volta and Globe, although Globe was already racing for them at the end of 2022. Let's start with your boy Volta. You're, you got the inside line to him. <laughs> you must be as a Volta, as your you know, your friends or friendly with Volta. Surely you're happy with this move for his career, or are we underrating FDJ now? Like, they're not a cofidus. They got riders performing at a good level. Yeah, they're not a cofidus. They're not a guru, uh, They're a team that really encapsulated that aero side of things as well when Stefan Kung was winning European Championships, ITTs, and so forth. So, Groupama does have that factor and has been performing well in the last year. I feel like leaving that team to go to Yumbo is probably also related to his personal goals in the sense that I think he wants to evolve into a, a GC type of rider in the future, but I feel like he's not that guy at the moment. He's the kind of guy at the moment that in the last stage of Catalonia, for example, he can podium that race because it's hilly, he can get over those hills, and has a, he has a bit of a punch in a group as well. So he has that ability, pretty good descender, Pretty good results in Strade Bianche, for example, so he can top 10 that race if he wants. So those kind of races work for now, but his longer climbing seems to be the weakness at the moment. And I think that's something he wants to work on, and that's something that he's probably going to work on. I think his time trial is probably pretty miserable at the moment as well. I recall that at some point when I spoke to him in the last two years, he was saying something along the lines of, oh, this was my first time trial in like age or something, something like that. And it didn't turn out to be a great time trial, of course, but it's something he's willing to work on. I don't know. I think it's going to be difficult to transition into a GC rider for him. I think I think Benoit's a good example. Can't Volta be the Benoit role with a sprint? Like, Volta's got a decent sprint on him. He can yeah. win from, you know, a group with... A Lander or Van Seven on. I'm just going to name the Balmon. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Balmon's a good example too. Volta, I think, has more potential than Balmon, but it goes to show, yeah. like, if you can sprint again, this is why, like, everyone tunes into this podcast because for the cutting edge analysis, if you can sprint relative to your size, <laughs> it's easier to win races. That's just that's just how it is. That's why a rider. Pagacha, people will be like, Pagacha was the strongest in RVV. It's like, that's great. Congratulations. But Van der Poel fucking destroyed everyone in the sprint. So it's irrelevant. Like, you have to be much stronger because you have to go solo if you can't sprint. That's why Benoit has been really useful as a domestique. But when he's the only leader, he's not nearly as effective in races because, he, okay, he'll go I'm with a group of four riders. He's going to lose the sprint. Yeah. In Amstel, he also showed that, like, let's say that group goes to a sprint. He's not going to win that sprint, for example. It doesn't go to the sprint eventually because Kosnefry and Kwiatkowski go ahead. Yeah. But also in Dwarsdorf Lander, in that situation, he can't win from a situation like attack. that in a, in a sprint. And he has to attack. Exactly. Kind of like a Kampenarts has to attack, but yeah. slightly different rider, I would say. But yeah, that's Attila Valtteri in my eyes at the moment. His Hungarian cycling uh, national champion kit looks pretty amazing at Yumbo, so I'm happy about that because national champion shirts need to look good. And uh, it does. So that's a good thing. 
let's go to Jan Tratnik then. You spoke about him earlier. You said that he was somewhat of a surprise in your eyes, but a really good one eventually. I feel like he's a really good domestique that we spoke about in the last two years that is very versatile, both in hilly terrain and in cobble terrain. I think in, was it Quebec, where he was ahead for quite a while or played a role for quite a while, either Quebec or Montreal. And those kind of races he can play a role in. Cobble races, I would argue that he can play a role in. Did he not play a role in a cobble race this year? Came 12th in RVV whilst like bridging between so. groups. Completely unbelievable rider. Like ninth in San Remo, by the way. This guy can make it over Poggio. He's, see like, the San Remo, the problem was Roglic entered Poggio and Cipressa in terrible position. Roglic yeah. had more watts than Tratnik on the on the Poggio and Cipressa. Like Roglic is better if you do the maths and everything for that race. But Tranik's better in positioning. Like Tranik is more economical with his effort. Um, now, how can he win those races? I'm not sure. He again doesn't need to. is he doesn't I think he's Benoit role again, honestly. Or or is he the kind of Von Barler role in previous years before Von Barler started winning? As in like a rider that can be sent ahead and can play a role like that in classics as well while also playing a role as a domestique in the group if necessary. I think it's pure domestique, but he can actually still win stuff if he gets ahead in groups. Well, yeah, he like, first of all, when you're signing a domestique, so he's obviously going to be paired with Roglic at the Giro, so we can talk about classics all we want, and I would like to see him at San Remo at least, and RVV if it if it schedule allows it. I think he is very, very useful in RVV. But at the Giro, we know this guy can get in breaks. Like some some guys can't get in breaks. They they just can't efficiently do it. Tratnik's had got now a whole body of work easily getting into breakaways. And so yeah, he beat O'Connor right in the Giro breakaway. I, I like having satellite riders with an option where if nothing happens, they can go for the win. Is he also the type of rider that UAE could have signed to control breakaways in the Tour de France? Yeah, I was, that's why I was surprised. I thought they would have opened up the checkbook because, yeah, he's a he could be someone you pair with Trenton, who's a really, and maybe you still have Bjerg, I guess, in the team. But yeah, would he not better be than Wellens? Better than Wellens, better than he or she in present form. Um, I was, that's why I was surprised. They got Novak instead, who's more of a pure climber from Bahrain uh, and Slovenian. But yeah, that's, that's a good pickup for them. Van Bala, I'm a little bit less. I don't really see how he fits in too well, actually, because he just won Roubaix. And I watched the team presentation and he's, what, 30-31. Like, he's not ready to just be a domestique. And he was, you know, this guy was second Flanders. One Roubaix, did he podium world champs last year? Uh, was it Flanders that he podiumed, if I recall correctly? Where did he come? I swear he was good in the Leuven world champs. Yeah, Flanders world champs, correct? Oh, is that, is Leuven in Flanders? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it was like in like <laughs> no, a no, 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 no. That's neutral, neutral zone. <laughs> the neutral zone between Flanders and the, Dem- the demarcation zone between <laughs> Flanders and Wallonia. <laughs> I thought it was in there. <laughs> Jesus <All right>. Christ! <laughs> anyway, you were right there. I um, yeah. I somewhat agree with your point. 
But I also think we need to think of the marketing aspect here. As in, Van Baal is not the craziest name for us in international cycling, but he does win Sportsman of the Year in the Netherlands, for example, in 2022 after his performances. So Did he? being able to do that, I think male cyclist of the year or sportsman, one of the two. I don't know which it was. Man. It's probably male cyclist, I'm guessing. But um, if that's the case, then it's really big performance because Van der Poel still won RVV, for example. So beating Van der Poel in that is pretty significant, yeah, I'd that's, argue. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but um, I would say it's going to make for some intriguing tactical analysis when it comes to the classics. Because let's take a look at the classics. We see that Jumbo Visma has a really strong team now. Dylan Van Barle joining. Trotnik joining. They had Laporte. They had Wout van Aan in the team. Benoit in that team. And a bunch of other people like Nathan van Hooydonk and so forth. All really strong. They've got a really good block. Well, other teams have also strengthened themselves. Like Alpesin have gotten Søren Kranderson, Quinten Hermans also joining the side of Mathieu van der Poel if they actually go towards the Cobble Classics, all of them. So they're also getting stronger. But if you're van der Poel and you see that this team has van Barle, has Wout van Aert, has Laporte, don't you think that your aim should be opening the race as quickly as possible so that the only rider that can follow you is Wout van Aert? Because otherwise you're oh. risking being attacked by Van Baale and then later by Trotnik and then later by Laporte. But I don't see how they're going to drop those guys. Like how is how the domestics... I like Søren Kras signing, sure, but how is he going to end Dylan Van Baale's race? Like I agree. I it has to be Van Der Poel himself at that point. Yeah. And then the risk that Van Der Poel makes is if he does attack and Van Aert does join him, and it's only Van Aert, Osgreen, and so forth. Will he find enough teammates in the likes of an Osgreen and a different team to help him keep that group ahead, to keep the other Jumbo riders behind? Or, because Wout van Aert shouldn't be riding in that situation if he has all those people behind. Well, should Dylan Van Bow ride? That, that's the thing. Like, he... I don't know. I think it's... It's kind of a little bit... If you want him to do the Tratnik role, then you just have Tratnik do it and he won't cost as much as Dylan Van Bala. I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they use him because, yeah, I think Laporte, Laporte has the finish. The notes are domestique in RVV. He's like an early attacker. It's still co-leader. And, yeah, Wout's a finisher too. I don't know. I think it'd also be interesting what if Van Bala... I think it's still ultimately a good thing. Like, I'm, I'm boxing at shadows here. Like... He's so good in these seven hour, six and a half hour races. What if yeah. he was, what if Van Baal was in that group, Benji and Roubaix, when Van Aert was on his own? To a Yumbo more likely to win Roubaix? I think yes. I think yes as well. But the question is at what point in his career will Wout Van Aert start thinking, I want to win these classics instead of, I want well, Yumbo to win happens. these classics? Because, like, let's say there's a situation. And Van Bale is going up the road with a few riders following a move with a non-dangerous rider that also doesn't have a crazy sprint. He's going in that move as well. And Van Aert says to the other guys, now it's your turn to close it. At what point is Van Aert going to be like, oh shit, Van Bale can actually win this race? Is he going to be happy with that? Because Van Aert wants to win these races. Yeah, I think Van Aert showed at the Tour de France like he's a pretty good teammate. But also, I agree, like... 
I don't think Yumbo Visma winning monuments with perfect team tactics is going to stop Tom Bone and criticizing Van Aert for not winning monuments. That's the problem <laughs> for him. If yeah. he's a good teammate, they use perfect tactics. Van Baal or Tratnik or Benoit or Laporte go up the road, they win, and Van Aert neutralizes the group behind, like what happened in World Championships with Remco, which did he get any credit? I know there's a little attack at the end, but that's irrelevant. Like, that that's a tactic, right? And it often what happens is the guy ahead wins. Um, and so I agree, that's gonna be that's gonna be tough because yeah, like I don't think the best use of Dylan Van Baal is to just sit on the front and like close things down for Wout to do a sprint. Like that's just not the best use of a rider like that. Same with Laporte. Um and so yeah, it's like it's just tough people management. Like it you, with teams and grand tours, with competing leaders, it is really tough um, people management, and that's that's the work ahead of Yumbo to put all these guys together. Because sometimes it's a lot easier to like UAE for Flanders. It's pretty easy to have the game plan, right? <laughs> like Pog Stomp, like that's easier. That's true, and that's one of the parts of a team that has so many leaders. And I think that there's some aspect to it where Wout wants to win these races themselves and that might show up in certain races. You spoke Wout Worlds, for example. I think that's kind of different as well because it's the Belgian team. But that attack at the end that he did do, there's been a lot of criticism in Belgium towards that. Like, what are you doing, man? Was the commentary at that moment, which is a logical commentary when you see Wout Fanat attacking behind when Remco is ahead and so forth. So he did get the criticism for that. And I have to be honest, if I looked at Wout after the race, for example, he did joke a bit, but to me personally, it didn't look like he was overly happy because he didn't win the World Championships. And in all honesty, I can understand that. So. If that's the Belgian national team, I get that. If that's Yumbo, I think he might still get quite a bit of credit if Fambal ends up winning a classic somewhere. Because I feel like with trade teams, the team performances are considered more highly in some of these races. But in the long term, he hasn't won that many monuments in his career. He hasn't won RVV yet. He hasn't won Roubaix yet. And the clock is somewhat ticking, so... I would argue that it's supposed to be the year now. And I will end the Kabul story here with the fact that with this team, if they don't win Roubaix and RVV, they can consider their classics, or at least those two classics, a failure. Unless it's related to COVID or crashes. Eh? Got to win, not got to win, but the goal should be to win at least two of the three San Remo, RVV, Roubaix. Like... You can't, it's one of the strongest classic teams ever assembled. But the Avengers, got to, yeah, got to win, got to win at least one and probably two of those, of those three. Um, what was I going to say about that? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. And I know, I think he seen, he did go up and like congratulate Remco, et cetera, after the race. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. And the me, it's interesting how the media, like, in particularly in Belgium, yeah, I want to see what happens if, if in a classic he does let it right up the road, because um, that all plays into it. What do you just to finish Van Baal though? As you said, from the classics, do you expect to see twenty eighteen stage race Van Baal return? Because I don't, I don't see him 
Now, riders can go back to previous levels. I've made the mistake in riding riders off a little bit too early too, particularly when they're only 30, 31. But or when does they're he really fit in this tour team? Um, I think it's difficult. I think uh, a peak from Bala Grand Tour-wise, like those 2017 ones, then we're, to, then we're saying yes, eh? But he wasn't that last year when it comes to his Grand Tours. He wasn't on that level. And then I'd say no. But it's also the same question when it comes to the rider they already have, Rohan Dennis. In Paris, he was really strong last year, but did he end up riding a Grand Tour even? Welter. Did he? Welter with Rogli, yeah, pretty sure. I completely with forgot Oman, it. Helsink, Harper. Yeah. Um, yeah. Remember they did right. the lead out into Sierra Nevada and there was yeah. like, <laughs> well, riders everywhere. <laughs> uh, Almeida was back in. He was on the climb Start of the jail. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, there's no point bringing Van Bala to the Tour de France if he's going to get dropped by Minote on the climb, the third last mountain domestique. To me, that's not the ideal use of him to bring him as just like a ruler. You already have yeah. Van Hoydonk and Laporte to be rulers. I think, well, talking about their tour team, They've announced Fingergaard. They always do this, though, in like December, and then people crash. But anyway, they've announced Fingergaard, Laporte, Dylan Van Bala, Benote, Wout Van Aert, Nathan Van Hoydonk, Koos, and I think Kreuzweich. Um No Kelderman? Be... No Kelderman. He's going to the Giro. They have basically replaced Roglic with Dylan Van Bala. So they have... Five and a half rulers. They've got the pure climber in Coos and then um, another climber in Kreuzweich. So two climbers in support of Vingegaard. Uh, I think I think it's a little light, frankly, um, particularly when Kelderman is on the Giro program, um, and particularly when you're going to need to launch. You're going to need to launch Jonas on one of these climbs, and there's no Col de Grenoble finish, so you're yeah. going to have to pace it pretty hard. And if if any of Van Aert, Koos, or Kreuzweich are like a little bit less, or one crashes out, say one crashes out, which like Kreuzweich crashed a lot, man. If he crashes out before the third week, which he did this year, um, and your plan is to launch Col de la Lose, then. Poor old Seb. He's got a lot of, lot of weight on his shoulders to pace the whole of Col de la Lose. Yep, that's certainly a, a thing there. But we're jumping around the question a bit because we're getting to all these riders that are coming in and so forth. But how about we just get it out of the way? Is sending Primoz Roglic to the Giro d'Italia instead of the Tour de France to get with Jonas Vingega a mistake? Oh, I think mistake's a strong word. Like... We already said in a season review, oh, their, their Giro team, apart from Cumberland's two stay wins and KOM was like, they're nowhere on GC and they're nowhere on GC in like Catalonia, et cetera. So no, I don't think mistake. I would definitely have in like a back of the mind, can he do the tour afterwards? Like I'd leave that door, <laughs> door open um, as well. I think... If he wants to do the Giro or they want to split their GC leaders so they can be more competitive at both Grand Tours, you know, that's fine, whatever. Um, 
I did say, again, groundbreaking analysis, to win the Tour de France, the first thing you got to do is start the, the race. <laughs> um, and if that's Roglic's big goal, like, <laughs> who knows what can happen in, in a race? Like, yeah. he's only had, oh, he has had three years of disappointment for, at the Tour, but so I can understand, like, mentally wanting to change it up. But two years he's crashed out. He's literally completed the tour once, like in the last three years in 2020. I don't know. Who knows what could happen? Maybe in the Tour de France next year, Hog and UA decide, okay, we made the mistake of following Roglic on Galibier Telegraph. We don't follow Roglic, but it's a completely different scenario. And, you know, that's a mistake. You're trying to up the road or whoever, whatever. Like, I think all Jonas crashes, all Roglic is stronger. Um, I think that's unlikely in the mountains, but who knows? So it's kind of so it's like if G didn't go to the tour in 2018, right? E, yeah, that's true. I would rate it as Gary Thomas not going to the tour in 2018. I agree there, but also I would think it leans more to a mistake at the moment. And the reason that I would use the word mistake is that. It reminds me of last year where Almeida was sent to the Giro for UAE. Almeida's not the same as Roglic, let that be clear, eh? But it feels somewhat the same as Almeida not going to the Tour de France last year because Pogacar's team didn't necessarily need him by the side of Pogacar in that Tour de France or because Almeida had other contractual uh, reasons for going to a Grand Tour as leader. That's also a potential aspect. When it comes to Roglic, there is the aspect of who is deciding this. Is it because of Roglic? wants to do uh, a different Grand Tour or wants to do a Grand Tour with full leadership with a full team behind him, that's a possibility. Or is it because the team wants to try and win more than one Grand Tour in a year, which is the opposite of what I said their 2022 season ended up as. That was a one Grand Tour focus based on the results. And to be honest, if you saw the team that they sent to the Giro, it was going to be a one Grand Tour focus unless the Vuelta ended up with Roglic delivering something there. Now, in 2023, having Roglic towards the Giro and Vingegaard towards the Tour reduces their chances of winning the Tour de France, in my opinion. Because Roglic was a vital part in the Giro 2022, the Tour de France 2022, I mean, of making sure that Pogacar has that mental aspect in mind that Roglic is still there and Roglic can still come back even though he crashed with that Hebel and Sothov, he was still there on the Granol stage. He was attacking. He was causing Pogacar to come out of his shell early. That is something you will be missing in 2023 if you only have one leader. So that's one thing I would keep in mind. The opposite side effect is that they could ask the question of, oh, we did the strategy in 2022 with two leaders. Would it work again if we do it in 2023 against Pogacar? Who knows? I think you still have more chance to win if you have Roglic next to Vingegaard than not having him next to Vingo. And especially because Calvin One is also not going to the Tour on paper. If he is going to the Tour, you've got a stronger climbing base as well next to Vingo, because I agree that their climbing team is now looking somewhat weak, although I would consider Wout van Aert not just Ruler, also Mountain Domestique, based on his performances in 2022, for example. But all I've said so far comes down to the fact that I... Think that in 2024, Ayuso comes by the side of Pogacar, and it's going to be even harder for Roglic to still win the Tour de France. So he should have That's tried it in 2023. This is it. This is it. Quoting Jeremy Irons in Margin Call. <laughs> this is it. 
Uh, great movie, by the way. Um, <laughs> the I can see the the musical chairs have stopped. Yeah, you're right. Like, Rogs is getting older. Everyone else is getting faster. This Tour de France route suits him, I think, really suits him. It's got downhill finishes where he can no risk, no glory. Um, like, <laughs> no, like maybe, like he, he won a Tour de France stage ahead of Dumoulin and Froome in eighteen seventeen downhill finish. 18, um, yes. Like he crashes a lot, but he's also, when he wants to be on his own, fast as fuck downhill and aerodynamic. And I think what you said is right about the biggest issue I have with this is Kelderman. Like newsflash as well to people, most of the teams, they don't just turn up at the December camp, hand a piece of paper to like a Grand Tour winner and say, here's your schedule, buddy. (laughs) Here it is. All right, go train hard. Like that's not how it works. That's not how to foster a good sort of – environment of course i think zayman said in an interview like you know you consult with these riders about what they want to do because at the end of the day the riders have to go out and train like an animal for hours on end go to team training camps for hours on end and if they're not happy with their schedule it's not going to get you the best results or if they haven't had buy-in or input on their schedule so that's fine uh but that doesn't mean you need to send kelderman Two, I think Kelderman should be on the Tour de France track. Frankly, I think Kelderman is just really fucking good. <laughs> like he came fifth in the Tour in 2021. It's 18 months ago, less. Like he's a really good rider. I know he crashes a lot, but so do. So does Roglic. So does Roglic and Kreisvik. <laughs> yeah, like so. I can't really hold that against him. I think as he showed. In the Giro, he can be a. I think he's a really selfless guy and can be a great domestique. He can yep. also blow a race apart, big engine. I think he's. I think he's also. Can be, enough of a threat where he can be annoying if he stays in GC for the first nine stages. Um, I think he can stay close enough in GC. Whereas Coos, Coos is is just not. Not like Coos will probably lose time in the first three stages. So I would yep. sign Pozzo Vivo on 150K, 200K. They have a roster spot available. Seriously. Yeah. Send him to the Giro with Roglic. Pozzo came third in Giro Emilia yep. like a month ago. The guy's still good. A good in Italy, um, pairing those two crash-wise. <laughs> a bit tough, but <laughs> I'd send Pozzo. I'd, seriously, I'd send Pozzo to the Giro and then Kelvin Tour de France track because like, I think I'd need to go back and compare, but lots of things change with, you know, is all of that eight guys announced for the tour going to be healthy in in June? Like, and I'm sure they have reserves and backups, of course, but yeah, that's, just, that's also, what I think. I think I would also take the eight announced names with a grain of salt, as in I do remember that Zeman also mentioned that it would be stupid to not send a, a crazy strong rider, rider like Van Barla to the Tour de France, but he also mentioned that the form will matter eh, for these selections. So if Ambal is not up to standards, if a Kreisweg is not up to standards, if it's that year too much for Kreisweg, then that is there. And Kreisweg had also been mentioning quite a few things lately where he said, uh, oh, I would like to go to the Giro even during that. I thought he was going to do the Giro. Because he started mentioning the Giro and that he wants to still try for GC. But 
Now, if Roglic goes, he won't go for GC there. If Fingergaard goes to the Tour, he won't go for GC there. Well, do you think like Roglic head-to-head against Remco, he doesn't have a better TT and he doesn't have better Watts. So what he has A lot can happen, eh? I know, no, I know, I know, I know. Has a better team. You start the Giro where you don't have an advantage on the two most important things. You're hoping for a bad weather day, a tactical fuck-up, and I think Kreisvik really fit the Giro, like really, really fit this Giro parkour so well. His TT is still solid. He is a big engine in terms of these 5,500-meter elevation stages, these super long climbs. That is what Kreisvik's good at. Um, not a five-minute sort of what burst at the end. I think he would have been a really good co-leader with Roglic to really put Quickstep and Remco under pressure because, yeah, like, otherwise you you are just, you know, hoping for a rainy day or Remco to crack or crash or maybe just not be as good. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree, Benji. I thought that fit really well, and that would also give him his ambitions too um, for the Giro. So, like, we do you not think that's an option? Am I overrating that Kreuzweig can... I think he can still stay in that top five zone of the Giro. Um, I say top difference. ten is what I would see him reach at. I don't see him top five in a Grand Tour anymore. Um, I rate him under Kelderman. Let that be clear. And if you switch around Kelderman and Kreuzweg, then this parkour of sending Roglic with Kreuzweg to the Giro and Kelderman with Fingergaard to the Tour would make more sense here. Although Kelderman's TT was good two, three years ago. Last year, not that amazing at Bora. I would say that it's probably going to go better at Jumbo when it comes to his time trial, based on the other riders that have decent time trial now at Jumbo Visma. When it comes to the Velta, it's basically Roglic, right? Roglic, Giro Velta double. That's how I see it. Then Jonas Vingegaard, if he feels like it, but might focus on Lombardi is how I read into it. But we haven't spoken about one of their future best riders, Olaf Koy, who, in my opinion, is a, at least a top 10 sprinter in the world. He's probably not top five yet. He has had moments where he was close to beating the best sprinters in the world, Uitor, for example. And everybody is joking sometimes about Uitor, but the sprints are a goddamn high level. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's important. So is he, is he? He's not David Decker, though, is he? No, that's that's the stupid nah, nah, question. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, he won eleven races <laughs> last year, this year. Um, I think if you want to become like the best team of like a generation, and you proved in the Tour de France, you can balance Vingegaard and Van Aert dual ambitions. I see no reason why you can't do the same with Coy and a GC leader in the Vuelta. I see no reason why it's not possible. And yeah, like like maybe I think when teams have another rider signed somewhere, because by the Vuelta, this guy will be signed somewhere, whether it's with Yumbo, somewhere else. I love Corey's not going to still be on the market by the Vuelta. Yeah. <laughs> right? I still, I don't care. It's like you're still under contract. He'll still want to go. He's a young guy wanting to do his first Grand Tour. It's not going to be a question of motivation. We'll be like, oh, well, I signed a three-year extension at DSM, so 
I'll just not try. Like, no, these guys aren't wired like that. I would still send him to the Vuelta at least. Um, the Giro just tough. They're not, not that plentiful of sprint stages. And I think Roglic likes the team, you know, around him. I think Wabanat said in an interview recently. But, yeah, I see no reason why you can't send him to the Vuelta. I think there's also the aspect that what if the Giro had more flatter sprint stage instead of stages with hills in there? Then Would yes. Would Olaf Koy have been a focus for the Giro? Because well, no, during I the Vuelta, there's so. Benelux tour now, eh? So Ooh, I feel like back? that might be the race where you might be going to. Because Benelux tour is on paper bag based on the seven minutes of research I did last month. <laughs> but... uh can they put us in charge of the branding? We'll drive that race. Dude, that's one of our favorite races. We've got Holden. Is that the Holden Kilometer? Or is that in yes, Alaza? Yes, 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 yes. They have it in Bingo Bongo too. Holy I shit. So. I'll call it Bingo Bongo, Enico Tour, um, Jack Bob Bridge, Solo Finesse move. Love the race. It's actually such a good race. Uh, I would go Laporte GC for Bingo Bongo. Um, are, we really, have... are we really planning the team for the Benelux tour here? What? It's like their most important race, right? Tour de France, <laughs> i.e. Ben- Bingo Bongo. It is it's like the UAE tour? To them. <laughs> From uh, UAE? UAE tour? Yumbo? Yeah. Bingo Bongo tour. That's that's how we see it. Such, yeah, that's true. It's such a fucking good race. I can't believe... Of all the races, by the way, of all the races, you guys got three races a week in the region. And the the best one has financial difficulties. I'm like, <laughs> how is this? Is it because it's it's international, right? It's because like I say in the region, but in fact there are not many races in the Netherlands in comparison to Belgium. So is it the fact that it crosses between three countries? Um, Does it even cross between three countries? Is Luxembourg well, not to. benefiting of? Belgium and the Netherlands right now because I don't recall them going <laughs> to Luxembourg, Luxembourg at any point in the last two years. <laughs> He's Luxembourg <laughs> freeloading on its Benelux neighbors. <laughs> but yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, Bob Jungels, well, what, do you first, gotta, what do you got to say, Bob Jungels? If, if I offend Luxembourg, like five people will be angry. So Alex Kirsch, Dan Lorang, and Bob Jungels and the Schleck brothers <laughs> just in Benji's DNC. I heard what you fucking said, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Laporte GC there, so that's fine. Um, no, so I, I would say I see Koi as like, yeah, Grand Tour, give him a chance there. And I agree, if the Giro, to your point, he, I don't think he would have been sent to the Giro, even if it had 10 flat stages, if Roglic was going. Um, but yeah, it's, do you think he'll leave? I think he should leave. I do know that Meren Zeman gave us a few hints towards Tour de France 2024 for Olaf Goy. But the fuck? if he goes to, uh, like, first of all, I agree. How the fuck? There's <laughs> no way that I see Olaf Goy going to the Tour de France with enough support to be super competitive in Grand Tour sprints unless he becomes a type of sprinter that can win without a lead out, which isn't given oh, to no, me. No, no, he doesn't need the full team. I mean, but like... He can have just Christoph. Christoph's fine. I but agree. I agree. What what schedules Wout doing? Then, unless Laporte is leaving, he's out True. of contract. You can't just yeah. Then Wout can't replaces that. Well, Wout then, Wout then can't leads go for out green. Koi for sprints. Then again, Wout is also not going for green. By the way, in twenty twenty three, 
FPS. He's going for just stages focusing on worlds. <laughs> I'm just going to target all the stages. And it just so happens that there's loads of points in them. <laughs> <laughs> I get what he means. I get what he means. Like maybe he's not going to try and break the points record and target intermediates. But yeah, like, he's going to be a green, the green jersey favorite. Like, let's be real. Or, unless Laporte. One up the difficulty. Laporte win the tour with no Roglic. Win green with Philipson. Laporte. I'm Philipson. on the Philipson train. Imagine when Philipson just doesn't contest the week one intermediates, you're going to blow up. <laughs> I'm going to cry. Everyone's like, dude. And then week two, he's like, oh, actually, yeah, I feel good. I might contest these intermediates. <laughs> Unreal. Um, and he's got to be fighting yeah, Nils Ekhoff in breakaways. Poor Nils Ekhoff. <laughs> He did nothing wrong. The guy was trying to make twelve hundred bucks to split between his teammates. Wow! It already mathematically won green. Both starts record. bashing him on the road. <laughs> Doing the commentators, I think they were. I think they were like, "No, oh, Neil Zekov." I won't do a Belgian accent, but they're like, "Neil Zekov, he really needs to learn his place." It's like, bro, whilst mathematically won green, like, why can't Ekov go for it? Anyway, um, I agree. Koi is. It's kind of like Gronovegan. Right, and also, should they yeah. spend? Because he's not really cheap. Should they spend the big money on Koi if they can't guarantee Tour de France every year? Isn't that why Gronovegan? There was the mutual agreement to let him go to Bike Exchange. It's like, okay, you earn a lot of money. You Gronovegan side, he's he wants to go to the Tour de France. We can't send you. Let's part ways, and that worked out pretty well for both parties. I think. Like, yeah. you don't want to get into that situation in twenty twenty five with Koi. It's because it, it's pretty predictable that that might uh, happen. Where is he going then? Because DSM is a team that on paper fits him perfectly because they can build a team around him because their team is just not that amazing right now. And Olaf Koy would really fit that identity of the team as well, I would guess. Now, the issue there is that they don't have a UCI license yet for 2025 and 2024. Yeah, the man known as Boris looked into it for me. Repeat? Uh, can continue? Oh, uh, he, he, like DSM didn't, yeah, didn't meet some criteria, maybe not the sporting ones, but the financial ones or something. Yeah, like, I don't think they have, have a sponsor sponsorship in yet. place. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't go it, there if I was him. For that risk, I would also skip that. Antomarche is a name you mentioned, oh, right? Oh, there we go. Antomarche. Got to. Okay, they got... I don't know how many riders they have out of contract next year into Marche. Like, probably a lot of them because a lot of their guys aren't, you know... Yeah. Guys, it, it's over half the team, just about, about half the team. Just, honestly, teams should run rosters of 25 and go to less races and sign less riders. If you can tra- change Amy de Gent, Boy Van Poppel... Bonifacio, Patilli, Kerben Tyson, take all their salary and put it into an Olav Koi. That's worth it because they're missing. Is that even enough? I don't know. I like how much they all earn. I don't know what Koi because he hasn't won. He hasn't won a Grand Tour stage. He's won one World Tour stage at Polonia. Um, he's yeah, not, but where did he come in, Brugger? The thing that I dislike is that we often talk about. What has he won and not what can he win? Because I yeah, but feel the market like doesn't salaries, care about that. Yeah, the market should care about that. 
Riders should be paid what they can achieve and not <laughs> no, what they no, have no. achieved. Because I don't <laughs> give a fuck about giving seven figures to a rider like Bauke Mollema because he won Lombardia 17 decades ago. I want like to see... Stan Remo that won't be replicated. Exactly. A rider like Ayuso, seven figures plus. That's logical. A rider like Olaf Koy, I'd argue above 500k, a high, 500, high six figures is what I would rate the value of an Olaf Koy at the moment. Because Probably a meal. He's Merlier territory at the moment, but, but he hasn't won the Tirreno stage yet. And the Giro stage. I don't know. Stage. I don't, I'm not one for paying big on sprinters. Unless they're Mark Cavendish or Kittle or someone where they're just like better than the rest in or their era. Versatile. You've got to be versatile. Like exactly. I, I like vers- Philipson, Pedersen, versatile guys. That's fine. The pure bunch sprinters oh, makes me nervous with the big, the big money because if you also don't pair a lead out with them, then... You know, I would rather do the opposite. I'd rather overpay for a good lead out, Danny Van Poppel, pay him a fair chunk of change, and then he'll make any sprint to good. So, yeah, it's, but, but, you know, as Benji said, like the cycling transfer market is the, you know, when you read a, a product disclosure statement for like a financial product and it's like past performance yeah. is not indicative of future results, the <laughs> cycling market's yeah. the opposite of that. It's like, oh, you won, um, xyz four years ago in a you know completely different context and the what's are different and yada 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 so what like people get paid based on their pcs bio the little not even the whole readout <laughs> the top results thing they get based on that pcs thing seriously but i feel like there's versatility to be explored with koi that we haven't seen yet as in i think he mm. can be competitive to win against wavelgem Pony, he's I, already been yep. competitive like kuren and wavelgem or the next steps in terms of versatility, you don't get 12th in party tour without being able to get over unpaved roads, for example. That's a group of 35. Yes, there's some riders in there that can't get into the top 30 of Roubaix, for example. But those are riders that can get over the hills in races like, for example, Kent Wevelgem and Kuhne Brussel Kuhne is what I would argue. So I would what expect about, that to be a next step there. Climbing? As in... Well, of course, like proper versatility. climbing. Low, like a Pedersen, Phillips, and Vuelta stage. No, not yet. I haven't seen nah. that yet. No, nah. I watched. Uh, I was watching Grand Piemonte last night um, because yeah. I have problems. Um, and then anyway, there was a three-kilometer, eight percent climb, and he got hard dropped on it. And it was like sixty okay. k from the finish, he got ruined on it. Um, and one guy we didn't mention from their transfers, Thomas Gloke, he was actually in the front four riders marking, yep. trying to neutralize. He's actually, we spoke really at the good. start of this podcast about the missing puncher pieces. I think Gloke is a really interesting option uh, Mate, for the Hill Classics. 17th Emilia, 12th in Val- Valle Varesine, yeah, 12th in Gran Piemonte. That's bloody good, eh? So you can write this guy down. Tut Lavenir already won a stage there as well. So... I would argue that this is indeed a guy that goes to those hill classics and can play a role there. And there's a, a field to be filled there. So he can have opportunities there. Does he ride a Grand Tour this year? I would say no. I'd say that's next year, perhaps, of Vuelta, where I see a, a Thomas Globe going somewhere. Do I see more than just a puncher there? Not yet. I need to see more to, yeah, in pure climbing-wise to be able to see that. But I, 
I think there's an opportunity there to get him uh, to grow quite a bit. I think we'll see him in the Ardennes Classic this year, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Cohen Bowman was nice in the Giro, but he's not really, like, he's 28, 29 years old. So yeah. if I had to choose between him and Glogue, say, for example, I'd probably have Glogue in there. Um, I think at, he can be really effective in those races. So he's a nice a nice pickup. It is curious to see a Trinity British rider going to uh, Yumbo. Um, he was, you'd think, go to Ineos, but yeah, that was curious was as well. Not, was there not some like debacle behind the scenes at some point? Because Tom Pitcock, agent related. I, I don't remember. I, I feel like I heard somewhere. And I don't remember if this was a story from someone that I, think I wasn't I made supposed it up. I to think tell to someone. I think it was a conspiracy theory I made it up. Okay, then I will not continue talking right now. <laughs> no, no, I think I said on the podcast, like, I don't know, maybe the Peacock huge extension, young, uh, Ineos didn't want to, you know, sign another young guy no, from that agent. The I think the reason that I, I don't know, I don't remember. Anyway, let's just continue. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> the other guy who's not on this list at all, and I was like, Again, getting Kelderman out of the the Giro squad. Archie Ryan is fucking good. Yeah. Irish rider on the dev team. So Jumbo Visma, they don't have Kian Outerbrooks, but they do have two, three, four from Tudor Lavenir. So not <laughs> bad in your dev team. Hessman, who looks like a really good ruler. Um, yeah. I don't think he's a classics guy. He looks to me to be like a big stage racer. Um, it's weird. It is, is it weird because he's huge. He's bigger than Shackman, I think. Yeah. He's a big guy. Is it early Dumoulin? Kind of Not similar, yeah. Ones. Kind of similar to Dumoulin, yeah. But Hessman, Stalin, Amisset, and Ryan. Two, three, four. Giro, uh, Lavenier. And Ryan, if you take out the team time trials, would have come second, not fourth. I uh, yeah. love those team time trials, um, distorting the results of under-23 riders. So... He's someone I think could go to the Giro straight away and also provide value, or even the Tour de France, dare I say, because um, maybe that's a bit ridiculous. But seriously, I think Archie Ryan's <laughs> really, really good. He's really good. Um, and so is, is Stan miss it on the on the dev actual team. team this year or is he still on the dev team? Yeah, he's still on the dev team, but he's got a contract until 2026, so he's going towards the Walter team in 2024. Okay. Um, he was already they really could bring any of them up. Algarve, no? Where Remco Evenepoel ended up winning, I swear that Solomitid was in white for that race because Remco was in the leader's jersey on the stage where Remco got attacked early on somewhere. But there's also aspects to that dev team like Perstant Hagen is, is he going to is he going to become that cobble man that people expect him to become? What's up with Nordhagen, for example? Because I swear he was going to Yumbo, but it seems to be only from 2024? Because because he's a on child. On the websites, he's... <laughs> he's like 17. Okay, that's the reason. Logical. <laughs> no, I don't I don't actually know why. He like, probably it probably is that's the reason. Probably <laughs> dudes in high school. <laughs> Marcus Frey was at UAE camp. He's 16, <laughs> but he doesn't even look that young. Look at the photos yeah. of him next to all the other riders. He looks like another rider. Like he's 16. Um <laughs> Oscar Frey's son. He's probably going to be a beast like yeah, matching just that's the thing with matching and why Yumbo also you can't stop. Matching got a Pagacha. He didn't think, Oh, I'm set, I'm fine. 
He's like, I got to get a USO. I got to get the next one. You got to keep stocking up. You got to think of the future, etc. But yeah, wasn't North Ghana? Ireland looks like a talent. At UAE at some point. Ghana was at UAE. Yeah. Oh, the good old days, 2017, 2018. Yeah. TT set up no good back then, must I don't think. Um, but yeah, back to Yumbo Visma. What do you think happens in 2023? Do you think, first of all, let's let's go through the main objectives. Do they win any of San Remo, RVV, Roubaix? I think they need to be winning one of RVV and Roubaix. And I think the biggest chance is Roubaix of the Agree. team. I think because in RVV, I think Pogacar is a real joker wild card in that race that might be coming for you when you least expect it. He did show his strategy in 2022, and I don't think he can do many different things than attack but on what the can climbs you do? and hope that he... Yeah, Wout van Aert cannot follow that move by Pogacar on the path on to the Guardemont. On last Guardemont, yeah. Close. Would be close, but I don't think he can. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, RVV is a little bit more, you know, if Pog goes and you don't have riders up the road and he drops you and someone works with him, like Vanderpool on last from the Quarmons, you know, <clears throat> doesn't matter. The, your team overall might be the strongest. Roubaix, Roubaix, I think Wout is the strongest rider in the world in a dry Roubaix. Um, mm-hmm. Like, he was really, really strong in this. This year's Roubaix. Now the team's yeah. even stronger with Umbala. I think they probably win Roubaix, but again, very luck based. Of course, that race with mechanicals, etc. But I think that's their best chance. They really should be winning. Like San Remo, they've got a, a great team for it too. Yeah. Um, but we see that Alpsin also has Soren Kronersen, who can also get over that next to Van der Poel. So yeah. there's teams there doing the same. And what if Peterson is in the group? then they need to start rolling attacks and Van Aert might not be That's the one winning. Pl- then other people will join the rider that attacks and can that rider then a- that attacks then beat the riders that join him up the road? There's all so many questions there to be answered and I feel like MSR is too much lottery to say yeah. they're able to win this. So Roubaix is the one where I'm saying they should win one of those three and I think it's more likely to happen in Roubaix. If they don't win any of those three, then it's a failure of a preseason unless it's COVID-related or crash-related and so yeah, forth. I don't yeah. even know if COVID rules of the past are still running in 2023, uh, so I guess we'll figure that out when the, the season starts off. guys can still get off. COVID and be sick. Yeah. So like, exactly. Yeah. Now, Giro. I will say, Giro, yes, Tour, no. and Vuelta, I, I feel like Ayuso is going to win the Vuelta. I feel like Remco is going to win the Giro. Even though Roglic with that team on paper should have a better team to beat Remco. And then we would have to be Is very consistent. Team? With Kalimann by his side, I would say yes. Because Kalimann's better than Hirt in my eyes. Yeah. Well, that, unless that you say, true. oh, Tour of Oman, Hirt arrives. Well, Hirt was in the last six riders on Fadaya in the last week of the Giro That's this true. year. Um, was he from the break though or not? I don't know. Can't remember. He's in the break Probably on not. Wilder's Konya stage. I don't think he was in the break. He was too yeah. close on GC at that point. Um, I think, yeah, like he won't. Remco will be the favorite for the Giro. Um, it's a pretty unpredictable race. So, you know, Hinley to beat be Carapaz this year and last. But I still think, like, he's not the favorite for it. So I, I think he can win, but more likely Remco does. Tour de France, I do think they still win. I think Vingegaard, like I know that 
I know the two liter strategy on Grenoble was effective, but like if they had just done Sky Train and set up Fingergard on Grenoble, okay, he's not going to take three minutes. I still he think still it takes he still take a decent chunk of time. That's what remember. I kept saying, okay, I've done all the maths, right? I was like, he's going to take 60 to 90 seconds um, with my, you know, just Sky Train strategy on Alptewes, maybe not on, on, uh, Pegu, on Altacam, on Paragood stage. Vingard was stronger on all the climbing stages except Planche de Belfi, which was kind of like a four minute punch at the end, the way that turned out. So, yeah, if but he's head to head the strongest. My concern is just he needs to have a hard pace set on Puy de Dome to attack or on Col de la Lowe's. So, my concern is you know, the team needs to be able to set that up. Um, but I still think he is head to head in the mountains stronger than Paul. I agree that in the climbing, if they're both at their peak, then Vingega is on paper the better climber. But as a stage racer, I rate Pogacar higher. And I think there's opportunities in other stages where Pogacar can benefit. And them not having Roglic by the side of Vingega might make it harder for them to try and figure out what Pogacar is doing in random stage. The guy went in breakaways from the start to try and attack Vingega in the Tour de France 2022. Pogacar is going to try and win from every single situation and he finds gaps somewhere. And he's going to try and use any gap he can find to do so. And I feel like the choice of sending Roglic to the Giro might end up with a Giro win, but we'll lose them to Tour de France. Do you think if Pog attacks week one, though, that like Roglic will just get on the front and pull it back for Jonas? No. So That's then... also not really the role Roglic has in that race, though. Yeah, right? they attack. They attack Roglic Pog. Is... They're on the attack. Ro- Roglic is not a rider with two arms and one leg on Bardiani, eh? He's still a rider that can actively compete for the victory at the Tour de France if he's at Jumbo Visma. So he would be a double leadership role like the Tour de France 2022 is how I would see it if he was in the team. And maybe that's the headbutting between two leaders that has caused this split up of the leadership. That's very much possible. One of the two might want the full team. Two of the two might want the full team behind them. It might just be a team choice. I don't know that, but... I feel like there's something in me that says it might backfire in the same way that it backfired for UAE in 2022. Yeah, and like, yeah, UAE didn't send Almeida. They're not sending Ayuso apparently this year. I agree, like, in that when you've won the Tour in dominant fashion, don't change your winning formula is sort of the philosophy. Um, but I more think, yeah, they, they just need an extra climber uh, in that slot or um, because Van Bala unless Van Bala can get back to a different level. Uh, Vuelta, who knows? Probably Roglic will go Giro Vuelta, one would think. Um, that would make a lot of sense because, it, I mean, Roglic, if he's able to pre- prepare properly for the Vuelta, he'll be in really good shape for it. Is Remco doing Vuelta? No, he's doing Giro Worlds, no. right? Uh, Lombardia as well. He wants to have some, okay. uh, some revenge there, which I, I find Dude, that a RCS. good storyline. <laughs> RCS must have thrown like... <laughs> a bunch of money on the table Jesus. with Lefebvre and said, please run my races. <laughs> I think he wants to do Lombardia at least. Um, I think he's going to get paid seriously to do so. Oh, okay. Oh. That's how I see I think, it. Because he's so riding everything. So Did Eno's being ridden? Dude, I think the way he was also mentioned. He's ducking all my video rights. He, he ducked <laughs> all my video rights for years. Only this year I got some of him in some races and then 
now he's ducking all my video rights again. Um, but we don't need to do Remco the Tour <laughs> discussion once more. But yeah, okay, last question. Do you think they have a better season than in 2022? No. No. Do you think? I think it's hard. Well, it's not hard for you, eh? If you think they're going to win the Tour de France and one monument, it's a better season, no? Well, they won the Tour de France, but they also won... Like, they still... Okay, I know they didn't win a monument. They still won E3, Omlo, Paranese, Dauphiné, like a shit ton of races, most wins in world in the yeah, World Tour teams. Yeah, but so did Ineos two years ago, and we didn't give a fuck either. Yeah. But they didn't win the Tour. So, like, if they yeah. still win the Tour, and but then they, they're worse than everything else. I don't know. They have to be better... They're probably they're more likely to podium every Grand Tour now, so that's a difference. Um, yeah, but I'd rather win year. the Tour than podium every single one. Yeah, that's the thing. Like the Tour is pretty important race. Um, it's a gamble. I think, I it's a gamble. They're choosing they, to strike for more Grand Tours, but at the risk of losing the biggest one. I think they'll have about an equivalent season. Equivalent. Okay. Um, Maybe they do win Roubaix, but they don't win like all the early classics. Um, I think Ardennes doesn't look too strong, and then Tour. I think Jonas will still be pretty good. So yeah, I think be about equivalent. Um, they're doing well with a limited budget compared to Ineos and and Yumbo, uh, and UAE, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, limited compared. <laughs> when well, we're yeah, talking like, about Antoine we're like, talking about a different yeah, kind of limited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. I mean, even compared to Quick Step, it's it's a lot bigger. So you know, you you got to get the results if you got the big budgets. There's no there's no excuse because you you got a lot more resources than than a lot of the other teams. Eighty percent of the other teams. Um, I'd like to see Laporte elevated to a co leadership role in Classics this year. Maybe not in Flanders. I I just think he doesn't have the punch to follow close enough in Flanders. But in a San Remo. You know, Roubaix too. I really like. Like, is Laporte's sprint at the end of hard races better than Van Aert's? In smaller groups, yes. In big peloton sprints, when the tempo is set for him, I think no. If there's a lead out for Wout van Aert in a 20 man group after a long race, then Wout van Aert can win that sprint. If it's in yeah. a smaller group, I put my money on Laporte. I mean, Laporte beat him in World Champ sprint, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because Wout had no lead out. Yeah. So yeah. Although Laporte lost to Binny in the Hanwevelham sprint, but Binny's fast. Yeah, Binny's um, a god. So yeah, and Laporte tactically wasn't great on that one. Um, but yeah, I think he's he's an interesting one. It, it's I'm keen to see particularly Glog and, and Archie Ryan if Archie Ryan gets brought up. I, I do think some of the young riders could surprise. And to be honest, like we've now been speaking for a long time about this team. And talking about Tour de France squad, this and that, like Vingegaard came out of, not out of nowhere, but he went from Vuelta Domestique to second at the Tour in 2021 Mate. in a very short space of time. You you don't know what's like bubbling beneath the surface. Like He won a UAE who, Tour stage, man. Come on. True. He did win on Jabal Jais. Pretty good. Um, so, I don't know. It, a lot can change. But yeah, I'm keen. To, what do you think? Let us know down below. Do you think Rolich going to Giro is a mistake? Do you think it was inevitable um, with two leaders of that caliber? And do you think he'll how he'll fare against Remco? I think Remco showed Nivelta he's a pretty good rider. 
So that'll be tough. But yeah, that was the Yumbo Visma preview. We hope you enjoyed it. Let us know if you have any other questions. Um, and I guess we'll see you with the UAE one in a few days, the big competitor for that Tour de France top spot. Until then, ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 